And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Ryan, who during one of his NDEs found a way out of the darkness, and today we're going to learn about it. Ryan, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Glad to be here. Ryan, if you don't mind, let's just start with your first NDE and go from there. Well, my first NDE was uh, back in 2009. Um, I remember it because I got the, the date tattooed on my finger. 10109. Um, it was an overdose, um, a pretty severe one. Um, and my girlfriend at the time had woken up and had found me not breathing. Um, so they called an ambulance. The ambulance came and got me, and I was um, non-re, you know, non-responsive. My heart, I wasn't breathing, um, and and I don't remember any any part of that. Um, and I have to say one thing um, about addiction: when you're overdosing on certain things, um, it almost feels like a like an astral experience, like an out of body experience. Um, and it can be very confusing because, you know, you don't know, you know, like what's really happening, but you know, something's happening. So I, they make it to the hospital and they incubated me. And, and this is where I, I went out of my body. Um, I remember being in a, a dark place, um, but it was very peaceful, um, and it, and it kind of reminded me of the way that the drug would make me feel that, that, um, that peace that takes everything away, all the pain, all the fear, everything. So I felt that at first and I was like, well, you know, this feels kind of similar, but I'm, and, and then I'm wondering, I'm like, well, what's going on? So I'm seeing myself like incubated and all that. And I'm, I'm, um, hearing the conversation with the doctors and my family's arriving and I'm not really putting two and two together. Like, how am I able to see all this yet? I'm still lying down in this bed. Like, I'm not really understanding that aspect of it. Um, but like, I really liked where I was and I didn't, you know, I really did not want to go back in, into my body. Man, I'm just going to let this play out. And then my, and then my family started to get there and I started to see their reactions and that was when the guilt started setting in. I'm like, oh man, you know, I, what did I do? You know, my family's out here. Um, they're all watching this. And, you know, my dad's breaking down crying um, at the foot of my bed. So, you know, it was like, I was like, oh man, you know, and, and that's kind of when I started thinking like, um, what have I done? You know? Um, and then I heard the nurses saying that like, at, everything we're giving him he's he's so full of drugs that like everything we're giving him isn't touching it and they're like we cannot bring him out of it and i remember feeling a sense of like pride um for that um in a weird way like man i'm like i i, I did such a good job at you know uh being an addict that you know um and yeah for some reason i felt some kind of sick pride in that and uh which even made me feel even more guilty so, um, you know, I'm watching all this going on 
and I just decide I got to come back. You know, I have to, uh, I have to come back. I didn't see anybody. There was nobody there with me. Um, it was just kind of like my own personal thing. Um, but I felt like I wasn't alone though. You know, I, I didn't feel alone. It felt really great. Um, but it's like, I just couldn't do my family like that. We have already had, you know, my brother committed suicide. Um, we, we just had a lot of tragedy in our family and I felt like I was adding to that and I was already like the black sheep, you know, but you know, my family, we, we still had a good relationship. We had a lot of love for each other. Um, cause I tried to play the functioning addict, you know, like everything's okay. You know, while, you know, they're watching me and they're like, no, you're not. So I decided to come back. And, um, and, and, you know, like I was there in my body and I remember feeling the for the foreign, um, the foreign feeling of tubes being in my body. And I'm like, Oh, this sucks. Um, so, you know, I was there, but yeah, it just seemed like, uh, just seeing my dad at the foot of my bed and I just couldn't, um, I just couldn't go out like that. You know, I had to be stronger. So I decided to, to go back into my body and fight. And I did have a choice. I felt like I had a choice for that. In the morning, you OD'd. Did you lose consciousness during your OD? And then when you got to the hospital, your consciousness regained when you popped out of your body? Yeah. Because I, I was like in that, you know, when you're um, in an addiction, which was heroin for me, but I was also like taking pills i mean i was way out there with it like i i go very very hard um you know i've always been that way so it, it you know it, it was hard to tell the difference between that like ignorant bliss that those drugs put me in and um really being passing away but yeah at that there was a moment that i think i was getting very very close to either you know to really truly dying um and then that's and then that's where I started, you know, to see what was going on in the room with me. Um, but I was so caught up in that, like I didn't like think about exploring anything else. Like, oh, this is the afterlife. Or you know, let's go see what's going on. You know, I didn't have that. I just was just riddled with guilt. Do you recall losing consciousness, like the moment that you were dying in your house before you went to the hospital? No. Nope. So you did think that you could have stayed if you wanted to, right? Yes. Yeah. The, the feeling in the beginning before I kind of realized what was happening um, was like, you know, wow, this is like beyond peaceful. Um, you know, it, it almost felt like a waiting room. You know how they say purgatory or kind of you're in limbo. That's almost what it felt like. It just felt like I was just kind of in a waiting place, but it, it just felt okay to be there. It, it felt peaceful um, beyond the peace that the, you know, the drugs would give you, but it was a little hard to tell that. All right. Well, let's move on to your second NDE. The second NDE, um, I have to say that um, I just, I've always had an infatuation with the spiritual, um, with death, um, and I'm not really a negative person. Uh, I've always kind of been a happy, positive person, but uh, I just went down this road that led me to this experience. And 
I was doing drugs and I was hanging out with people and like, I don't even know what I was taking. Um, but I know some of it was like GHB, some of it was like methamphetamine. Um, and I was up for probably like three days. Like I could not sleep. And, and, you know, like if you don't get, if you don't go without sleep for a couple of days, it really starts to mess with your head. Um, so I was like freaking out. I'm like calling my pastor and I'm like, you know, what is happening? I felt like I got stuck on this wavelength that was so oppressive and just so dark that it was like consuming me. And I was starting hearing voices and I've never heard voices before. Um, sometimes through the withdrawals, um, you know, you'll start, hearing voices. And I mean, I've been to, after this, I probably was in like four different psychiatric hospitals. Um, so, okay. So we'll get to the, so I'm kind of freaking out and this is going on for like two more days. I'm hearing these voices and they're telling me to, um, to, to hurt myself. They're telling me to, uh, do other things to people. Um, and I just could not shut it off. So, you know, I tried everything I could and it just wouldn't go away. So, um, so after about the fourth day I had went to work and, and it just, the voices just would not go away. And, and just something flipped inside of me and said, you know what, I'm going to take control of the situation and I'm going to, um, I'm going to, uh, you know, finish myself. I said, you know, this is it. I said, I'm going to do it. You know, I said, brother, you know, here I come. Um, so I just like, you know, took off from my house and like jumped on a bike and, you know, I feel like people are after me. Um, you know, it was just a terrible feeling. And the only kind of control I felt like I would gain was to go back to that um, peaceful spot that I remembered. Um, and, you know, I fought it. I fought against it so hard because I really didn't want to do it. Um, but, you know, I had made up my mind. So I had uh, rode my bike to a motel room, uh, went across to the place to get a suicide kit, and, um, you know, got in the bathroom, and, uh, and that's what I did. You know, to save all the details about how that happened. Um, but, you know, I, I thought I had succeeded because I passed out from loss of blood. And I remember feeling cold, very cold. The coldness came over me. And then I heard my motel door open and I feel a gust of wind hit me. And it felt like somebody was in there with me. And I'm like, and you know, those evil voices are still like, you know, they're like telling me that, yeah, this is, you're part of some snuff video and, you know, we're putting this in your head to make you do this and, and, and you did it. So, so that happens. And then I wake up. Right. So I open my eyes and I'm like, so this is the afterlife. I'm like, I did it, but I still, I still like, you know, something didn't seem quite right. 
and uh, my phone has just been ringing off the hook ever since I disappeared. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's trying to call. And uh, so I was like, well, if I'm dead, you know, I could answer the phone, wonder, you know, let's just play this out, see what happens. So I answer the phone and it's uh, this, um, this girl that I know and uh, she's, she asked me where I was and I was like, um, I told her where I was at and she came and I'm just like, at this point I'm defeated because I have no idea what the heck's going on. Like, I really thought that I had, uh, that I had done this, you know? Um, so she, and then it's just from that point on, shit just got so weird. It's like, she came and she cleaned up all the blood and then took me to the hospital. And, uh, and then at the hospital, I'm like, I'm like, man, something, this just something did not feel right. And this was back in 2012. Um, and I got to the hospital and like, it's like, um, you know how some people, you could tell that they have no empathy or, or they have no um, just sympathy for anybody. Um, that's kind of the way that I was being treated. And I'm like, man, this is odd. And um, and I remember being in this hospital room and I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to shut my mind down and I'm going to disconnect from whatever this world is. And I did just that. I wouldn't respond. I just kind of like closed myself off, went inside my own mind. And because like I was just searching for any kind of safe hold of reality to like figure what the hell is going on. And I remember people started walking past my room and I'm like hearing, like I'm hearing like a patient's thoughts from like down the hall. I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm hearing these thoughts and I'm like, I officially gone crazy. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, I'm Looney Tunes. I've lost it. You know, give me a straight jacket. Let's go. It's just, it was so odd. People were and like, there's these people like nurses and they're like film. They're like acting like they're on their phone and they're filming me. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just crazy. I'm like, this is this. I'm like, and then they, and then the doctor comes in and they start stitching me up and using these, the hugest needle that I've ever seen. And I didn't get any, um, any um, pain medication or anything. He starts stitching me up and I still have the holes from the size of the needle that he used with this, this thick, very, very thick um, stitching. And I've had stitches before. I know what stitches look like. I know how they're properly done. You know, I know people in the medical field. I mean, they like did a Rocky Horror Picture Show job on my cuts because I had made, you know, straight down the wrists. You know, I was, I had like seven or eight, you know, straight up open wounds um, that needed to be stitched up. So I'm like, man, maybe I'm in hell. And I was like, maybe this is just hell. And, uh, and I just remember like, it, and it just never stopped getting weirder. You know, they like wheeled me out into, um, you know, they're like, we got to get this guy to like a psychiatric hospital. So they're like wheeling me out. And I like, I see this um, EMT guy and he looks like, he just gives me this evilest look and smirked at me. And I knew him from somewhere. And I'm like, and something clicked in my head. And I'm like, I'm like, man, it, it just felt like there was some kind of like, um, just, just something going on that I just couldn't quite figure out. And you have to, 
and it's taken me years to try and separate you. Know, well, what's delusion? You know, what's reality? Um, you know, and, and it never even got better at the psych hospital. I mean, um, they put me in such a stupor from the drugs that I like couldn't even get up out of bed. You know, I would just like, um, you know, I didn't even get up to the bathroom. You know, I mean, they and then they kept like calling me for meds. They kept shoving these meds, and then like. It, it was just a horrible experience. And, and, uh, and I really did think I was in hell for a while. Um, and it, and it took, um, a long time to, to recover from that, to, um, you know, gain some kind of understanding about what's happened, but it's like, I was seeing things that, um, you know, I think some of it was real. Um, you know, our minds, I do believe, can turn against us, our subconscious. Um, if we fill ourselves with, you know, um, evil things or, you know, we watch, you know, maybe horror movies, you know, what's to say that, you know, your mind couldn't make up a scenario, you know, and, and just totally go against you or, 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 or there's a dark entity attached to you that's, you know, pulling those strings, you know, I don't know, because it's not like you can see them and they're going to present themselves to you. But I felt like um, these were things coming from outside of me. I know that they were not all, all these, you know, it's like, man, I was being bombarded. I was just like tuned into everything. And it was just scary. Um, you know, so that, that was my NDE. That was my second, um, NDE that that was you know of major you know significance that um that really turned my life around you know it, it did take quite a quite a while to um you know get my my mind back um you know like I said it took like four psych hospitals later to um because I didn't trust anybody like I was just totally um like just shelled it you know like so it it took me a while to like trust people, um, you know, for a lot of stuff. So, so that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them for you. When you first started hearing the voices, was it like hearing your own voice or were they voices that were completely different? They were all different and they were all, they were all different, you know, most of them were like masculine. Um, you know, but yeah, like no, and none that I recognize. Were there even feminine voices? Um, yes. You know, I remember I was talking to some like little girl. Um, I was talking to these three children and they told me that they died and like, we were like playing a game together and, and like, you know, there were like some cool spots that I would like go, um, you know, but it just seemed like the negative attacks were more. It just, it just seemed like, um, it's like, man, they really wanted me to, uh, to off myself. And I'm like, and then I'm like, why, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it, but I've come to believe that life is such a precious gift that, um, you know, it's a big deal to, to try to extinguish that, you know, um, that life. And, um, 
And who knows, maybe I did succeed. And, you know, this is another, maybe, um, maybe I went into another alternate reality from that experience, you know, who knows? Since you have a history of using, was this experience anything like you've had prior to this with using or was it completely different? No, it was, that was completely different. Um, you know, I, it just, it, it drove me and I, and I tried like a couple more times after, you know, just because it was just so terrible. I just wanted out, um, you know, because I knew how long it was going to take, you know, to get my mind right from these drugs. If ever, um, and most people don't have that, um, opportunity when they go so far down that rabbit hole with, with substances, um, you know, most people don't come back from it. Do you feel like you were being attacked by entities? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel that using the substances weakened you so you were vulnerable to them? Yes. I think every drug um, changes your vibration. Caffeine, um, tobacco, marijuana. Um, you know, alcohol, it absolutely makes us susceptible. I've always been kind of susceptible to energies, but I've never had anybody to help me figure that out. I grew up around a functioning addict. So that's what I became. I just minus the function, you know, and then, you know, through learning about like things that people talk about in your podcast, how, you know, we're more than just our bodies, you know, how there is spiritual life, how, how there are, uh, there is good and darkness out there. And they hate the lukewarm, you know, they hate a guy who, oh, I'm going to dibble in this evil a little bit, but I'm still consider myself a good person. They don't like that. You know, uh, being lukewarm in that aspect, just, you know, let me open to, I think that it's, at. you know, um, you can't have it both ways. Do you feel like you were possibly half here and half out, like halfway on the, yes. on your way to the other side? Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe if I would have went all the way, you know, I would have maybe put myself in a, in a hell experience. You know, because I had a vision one time um, of hell and it was in a dream and it was so real that like um, it just scared me. I'll never forget it. And, um, you know, it was like this concert was this rock and roll concert was playing and there was all these freaking like zombies people and they were all just bashing, bashing against each other. And there was blood and guts everywhere. And, you know, that was like it was like something showed me like a version of what hell could be. And, and I think maybe hell could be our own creations because I've had my mind, you know, uh, totally turn against me, you know, and that wasn't the first time, you know, um, when I tried to, uh, um, detox off of, uh, you know, off of methadone and heroin and all this stuff, it, it, it was like, um, you just, you're so opened up to attacks um, and then, you know, and then your mind, you just lose your mind. And, and thankfully, like I've gotten that back, but it's like, now I understand that I, I was extremely lucky and I've been given another, I, well, I mean, I probably had more, you know, lice than a cat at this point, but you know, it, it, 
definitely made me, you know, not want to squander my life. And that's why I studied this, this type of, of thing, because, um, you know, I hope to help other people with my experience, you know, find their way out of the darkness and, 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 you know, know that, um, that there is a way out, but, you know, it does take a lot of strength and, um, you know, you just can't, and you can't, uh, go about it half-assed. You really have to try. Are you totally clean now? Well, I run a cannabis company, so I, I love smoking weed. Um, I, I study psychedelics. Um, but besides that, you know, um, I don't do any like hard, I don't consider marijuana a, a drug at all. Um, it's really helped me. Um, and my kids actually got me back into it because like, you know, I never even thought about, uh, you know, cannabis, because I've, you know, come from all these hard drugs, but I don't drink alcohol. I don't do any um, uppers, you know, I just smoke weed and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, and drink coffee. So yeah, I've been clean for about seven years now because um, I overdosed at my mom's house on the, on the New Year's Eve and I almost died that time. So that was, you know, quite a few years back and I've been clean since then. And um, it's been a really important to me to to dive into this subject and to, to figure out my own, you know, experiences and to try to just become spiritually better. Do you feel like it's your purpose now to help people that were like you get out of that situation? Yes. You know, I try to use my cannabis platform to reach out to like veterans. You know, I. I but I just, I want to do more, you know, I like, I feel like I'm not doing enough, but yeah, I love helping people. Um, you know, that's what I do. Um, you know, that's why I got into like what I do now. Cause I've reached a lot of addicts. Um, you know, a lot of people coming out of prison, um, you know, everybody needs love and, um, especially the hardest people to love, you know? So, so yeah, I do feel like it is my calling to help others. After either one of your NDEs, did you happen to have any new spiritual abilities that you didn't have prior? They say 85% of people are followers, like 5% are creators, and, um, and then like 10% are like leaders. Um, so I've always had, or, or no, I, I'm sorry, 10% are observers and 5% are like creators, leaders, influencers. So I've always had the ability to just see through the bullshit. I'm an observer. Um, I've always had that ability. I know when somebody's lying to me, I know, you know, when something's weird going on, I just know. Um, and yeah, that, I think the ability gave me more so within myself to not see the bullshit coming from myself. I could always see it in other people, but it's like, how can I do anything good if I can't be good for myself? Like honest, on an honest level. So it, it gave me spiritual insight that like, it's like, man, you were bamboozled. You know, you were like, um, yeah, I've been misled, you know? Um, and, you know, I didn't want to look at it as like, I'm a victim, um, you know, cause I don't want to see myself as a victim. You know, mostly it's, um, of my own making. So, but as far as like psychic abilities, no, I wish. Um, 
But um, as far as that, just just the ability to see through things and and now I know that things are just not as as what they seem in this world. Um, so yeah, that's the best way I could answer your question, Jeff. What inspires you about either one of your NDEs? I draw my inspiration from the fact that you know love will always conquer darkness and you know it inspires me to the fact that there's more than just you know the things i see in life you know there's there's beauty in the world um you know there's beauty in everything and and there's beauty in people so you know i i believe I have gained a lot. I've gained a lot of empathy. You know, I try to see things from other other people's point of view, um, especially like people that I've hurt or stolen from. You know, I try to think about, you know, like, what if I was them? Like, how would that really make me feel? Um, so it, it's really, it's really made me empathetic towards others. Are there any other ways that we haven't spoken about that you've changed? If you would have known me before, you, you know, um, I, I was a totally different person than I am now. So, um, you know, I just think that loving yourself first um, is the most important, important thing. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Absolutely. What's the best way for them to reach you? My email. Um, you could also, um, we have a Tribute Viking Cultivation Facebook group. That's, um, that's our business. Um, and like I said, we help people. Um, so yeah, you can reach me on my email or... Um, what is your email? Through Instagram or Facebook. It's BillBreedy at yahoo.com. Would you like me to put that yeah. in the yeah, description? Have you ever considered being hypnotized to see if there's anything else from your NDEs that you don't remember? Yes, because I, I know I've left a lot out. I mean, but some of it's just so crazy. Like, this is the first time I've like, openly talked about it besides with my wife you know without like breaking down and crying because it's just hard it's just hard stuff to talk about um but absolutely i i um have thought about you know finding a hypnotist but like it's just hard to find somebody um you know that um that you can trust i guess i should say you know you because you can you know go on google and you know try and find somebody like that but you know i don't think that's the way to go about it i guess it's best to get a referral from somebody who would say this person's great go use them right yeah i would i would love to to um, get hypnotized like i personally don't think i can be but they say those are usually the ones that <laughs> just get nailed right off that so <laughs> now during your second nde you didn't happen to see any entities, did you? Yeah, I'm. I did, but like, you know, it, it's just, it's very hard to explain. You know, like, 
I know that answer's in there somewhere, but like they do their best not because like, okay, maybe if I knew, you know, because they're trying to make this think that it's me, like my, myself is attacking myself and I'm never going to get out. So I just felt like they did, uh, they did a very good job to, to kind of make it feel like it was all me, you know, like all this is just coming from my twisted mind, you know? Right. And now I know that not to be the case, but when you're stuck in it, you know, it's a whole different, you know, when you just, yeah, it's a whole different experience. Like when you're in it, you know, um, but reflecting back on it. Yeah. I, you know, I know, and, and some of these people, like I would see their faces, you know, like they're regular people. Prior to this, you didn't have any interest in like Satanism or witchcraft or the dark side or anything like that. Did you? I've always had an interest in that stuff, but, but will I practice it? No. Um, because I, I've learned enough that, that, you know, that that's not an avenue you want to go down to, but I'm very curious about it. So, you know, I've always wanted to know these dark, evil things. Uh, so now I do. <laughs> so be careful what you ask for, because I was very curious about, you know, well, what is it like to practice magic? You know, well, what are the consequences? Were you using a Ouija board or were you involved in any activities that would draw these spirits to you? Maybe. You know, I played around on a Ouija board before. Nothing really happened. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I was just trying to ascertain, like, did you seek out this dark stuff or did it just come to you by chance due to the use of the substances? Yeah, I actually, you know, was seeking out the light, you know. Uh, I like going to church, you know. I like singing the songs, you know, feeling that spirit of God. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a Christian, um, you know. Uh, I, I like the the Viking uh, traditions because I'm um, I'm Scandinavian, so I really vibe with that. But you know, I've never had like a clear concept of what my higher power is. You know, um, because I'm one of those people I I gotta see it to believe it. So it's hard for me, um, you know, to just blindly have faith in something that I don't know. So, you know, I just think when you're, um, you know, when you're trying to, to find your way and, you know, you're putting all these substances in your body, um, anything can happen. Um, you know, I study psych psychedelics, um, you know, I've done DMT and, um, you know, I've done mushrooms and, uh, and the places that I've been you know, because of those substances, you know, made me realize that, I mean, there could be multiple layers of reality and dimensions out there. It's just what we're tapping into. Um, but, but like I said, I'm very, very conscious of what I put in my body. Um, you know, like I'll prep for maybe months to do DMT one time you know, or maybe just microdose on it so, because I'm very scared of like ever that, you know, that happening or repeating same patterns. Um, you know, so, 
But I, I think there is a direct correlation with like methamphetamine and, um, you know, they see shadow people after four days, like all that shit is free. Um, and, and I think the uppers are some of the worst because it just like, it just, you're like a freaking beacon because you're just, your mind is like going so fast and, um, you know, things can latch on. It would have been pretty crazy, like during your first NDE, if you would have went to the Great Hall in the Sky and were hanging out with Odin and Valhalla. Man, you know, that would have been great. <laughs> I would have loved the glimpse of Valhalla, but, you know, it just wasn't meant for me at that point. You know, I, I feel like I still need to grow and I feel like I have a long way to go, but, um, but I just hope that I can keep progressing and, and, and help some people along the way. And, and hopefully my story, you know, cause I know there's plenty of drugs. It's not hard to get drugs out there. I know there's plenty of people who are addicted and, um, you know, I, I just feel for them, you know, and I really, um, you know, there is a way to get help. You know, there is a way. Well, I hope that if somebody who is considering using sees that this podcast and will realize that if you do, it could put you in a position to be under attack from entities like you were. Absolutely. And, you know, I had no, I had no spiritual awareness. Like I didn't know that, like, you know, the things you learn in meditation, how to surround yourself with light, you know, how, how to deflect things. So they don't enter. Like I had no clue about any of that stuff. I was just like, I was clueless, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I wish I would have known some of the things I know now, but you know, I just, I wasn't there. All right, Ryan. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Um, I guess I would just have to say that, um, you know, no matter what you're going through, you know, just hang in there and know that this life is so precious and that you're given a gift just to have this, you know, this 3D existence and just make the best of it and know that there are consequences for everything you do, for everything you get into. Uh, I think karma's real. So just try to be the best person you can. And I totally believe in you. Ryan, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. Hey, man. Thank you for having me, Jeff. You're an awesome guy. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. So are you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.